We all know that it's coming. It happens every year. It's unavoidable. There's nothing we can do to change it, though perhaps some years we manage to push it off a little bit. All we can do is prepare the best we can and hope to get through it. And somehow we always do. I'm not talking about income taxes. I'm talking about Holy Week. I'm talking about the passion and death of Jesus, which we will encounter one week from today. How can it already be one week before Palm Sunday? We've spent five weeks in Lent getting ready for the triumphal entry into Jerusalem and the fate that we know awaits Jesus there. The lectionary has done a great job of leading us from the temptations in the wilderness into deeper and deeper conflict with the religious authorities before finally bringing us today to the last scene of Jesus' life before he enters that holy city. But one thing the lectionary omits is just how obvious it was to everyone around Jesus that Jesus was about to die. At the beginning of the previous chapter in John's Gospel account, Jesus learned that his friend Lazarus was sick, sick even to the point of death. So he told his disciples that they would be going there, going to Bethany, to Judea, going closer to that conflict that had been growing between Jesus and the authorities. And when Jesus told them of his plans, they responded with words of warning. Rabbi, they said to him, they were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? When Jesus confirmed that plan to go, despite all the danger, Thomas responded somewhat fatalistically, then let us also go that we may die with him. Everyone knew what was coming. When Jesus got to Bethany, as John reminds us at the beginning of today's gospel lesson, he raised his friend Lazarus from the dead, giving him back to his sisters Mary and Martha. But what the lectionary doesn't tell us is the response of the religious authorities to the news of that miracle. At the end of chapter 11, in a passage that we never hear in church on Sunday mornings, John tells us that when people learned about that great feat, They believed in Jesus, and the religious authorities became even more concerned. What are we to do, John records them asking each other. This man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and destroy both our place and our nation. In the minds of those authorities, the situation surrounding Jesus had grown dire. Too many people had begun to think of him as the one who would lead a rebellion against the Roman army, seeking to restore God's kingdom to God's people. But those authorities knew that a rebellion like that was almost certain to fail. And they knew all too well that the empire would respond brutally cracking down on them and any in a position of authority. So from that day on, John tells us they planned to put him to death. Jesus knew he was in trouble. 
He knew better than to hang out there in Bethany where the authorities would find him. So John tells us that he and his disciples snuck off to a town called Ephraim, a village on the edge of the wilderness where they could hide out and escape notice, where they hid until today, until six days before the Passover when Jesus recognized that his time had come. At the start of today's gospel lesson, Jesus decides to go back to Bethany, back to his friend's house, back to the lion's den, back to where the authorities will find him and arrest him and kill him. So in a very real way that the lectionary leaves out, the reality of this week that is almost here The reality of the last week of Jesus' life was just as clear to Jesus and his friends as it is to us. There was no doubt in any of their minds what would happen next. The only question left was what they would do to get ready for it. What do we do? What do we do to get ready for that death that we know is coming, that death that there's nothing we can do to stop? In today's gospel lesson, John shows us two very different responses to that looming reality. One that belongs to Judas and one that belongs to Mary. Why wasn't this perfume sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor, Judas asked? It's a good question. Shouldn't we ask that question of ourselves every time we gather in this beautiful place and hold up those sterling silver communion vessels in remembrance of Jesus? John the evangelist tries to let us off the hook by telling us that Judas didn't care at all for the poor. He was a thief and only asked that question because he wanted the funds to be put in the common purse from which he could skim off the top But I don't think that changes the value of the question itself. Whether asked in deception or without an ulterior motive, shouldn't we also ask why that perfume wasn't sold? Sold for 300 denarii, a whole year's worth of wages for an average laborer? Why wasn't it sold? Why wasn't the money given away? Why instead does that perfume belong on Jesus' feet? He might have been a thief, but Judas's question sounds like the sort of logical, rational, intellectual response of a disciple who knew that his master would soon be dead. Judas recognized in economic terms that wasting the perfume on the feet of someone who's leading his ministry and movement to a careening end, well, that was just a waste. That money could be better spent to do good things in other ways. Perhaps, maybe, such a lavish display would be appropriate if Jesus were to be crowned the Davidic king. But Judas could look around and tell that wasn't what was in store for him. His master might have had a strong following among the common people, but without the support of the religious or political leaders... Jesus' movement was doomed to fail, at least in earthly terms. Mary, on the other hand, was already intimately acquainted with the sting of death. 
When Jesus finally arrived in Bethany after her brother Lazarus had already succumbed to his illness, Mary came to Jesus and asked Lord and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And yet, in a way that defied everyone's expectations, Jesus called the dead man out of the tomb and gave him back to his sisters. Mary knew what the other disciples knew. She knew that Jesus' conflict with those authorities would end in his death. But she responded with a devotion that transcended logic and understanding. She poured that precious perfume upon his feet and wiped them with her hair, lovingly and intimately preparing his body for the death and burial that awaited. For Mary, the only possible response to the expected death of Jesus was to give him all the love she had to give. Every year, we encounter again the passion and death of Jesus. We know this story. We know well how it will end. But each time we come again to this moment, we must decide how we will prepare for that which awaits. For many of us, that logical calculus of Judas, the question that he asks, questions like that come all too naturally. We want to know why. Why did it have to happen this way? Why was the perfume wasted like that? What kind of value is God trying to convey to the world through the brutal death of the one God sent in the first place? But the fullness of Jesus' self-offering for the sake of the world, it doesn't fit into our rational comprehension no matter how hard we try, no matter what questions we ask. Our intellectualism alone will never make enough room to receive that death which gives life to the world. In order to find our place in this saving drama, we must, like Mary, respond with unwavering devotion. We must pour upon our Savior's feet the precious perfume of our unwavering prayers and wipe them with our constant attention. Our part in all of this is to walk beside Jesus and to sit with him and to pray with him and to weep with him. By the time we come to church next Sunday, it will be time for us to walk beside Jesus on this journey of devotion. So clear your calendar and get ready for what awaits us. We know that soon Jesus will be handed over to the authorities and be killed, and there's only one thing for us to do. We must give him all the love we have to give.